Hello and welcome to the podcast that no matter what time of day enables you to enjoy lunch with some very special people. Yes, I shoot the breeze with the great and the fabulous over several courses of the good stuff and fun times I had. Thank you so much for joining me. Today I eat with a comedian and actor who's being widely praised pretty much everywhere she goes. Born in New Zealand, she's been doing stand-up since she was 15. In 2018, she won the Edinburgh Comedy Award for Best Show at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe for Horn Dog, which is now on Netflix. As well as appearing on panel shows such as Taskmaster, she created and co-wrote the romantic comedy series Starstruck, which is now into its second season and features the likes of Mini Driver and Nikesh Patel. She tells me why you should never date a comedian, whether all famous New Zealanders hang out together and we bond over our joint dislike of excess admin when eating. All hail the brilliant Rose Matafeo. Do you know all the other famous people from New Zealand? <laughs> Have you met? Here's the key question. Have you met For all of those people? Rose, yeah. have you met Sam Neill? I have met Sam Neill! <laughs> <laughs> so Rose told us that she eats anything, but she particularly likes Asian food. So we've come to the Greyhound Cafe. It's just north of Oxford Street. It's an outpost of a group that's um, Thai, but it's slightly different. It's stuff that I'd never seen before when I came here and reviewed it. I think it's really, really good. And it's cold and it's rainy out here, but it looks lovely and warm in there. So I think we should go in. Rose! Hello, how are you? I'm very well. Good. <laughs> I'm very, very well. Come and have a seat. Now, I have to say, people agree to allow me to grill them to a turn, you know, come on this podcast for, for a variety of reasons. And I've come to the conclusion that you're here for lunch. <laughs> you have an interest, you know, in food. Yes. Which yeah. makes you want to say, hello, friend. Um, <laughs> nice to meet you. I enjoy food. Uh, did you Google the menu here when you were told where you were going? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you do that everywhere? Do it's do my every job. I but, but I, I, I do it like all the time. I, I'm the person on the trip with the friends who is arguing over where to go to eat. Do you know what so, I feel really bad about? Not giving back to the community by reviewing places I've been to. I don't do it. I don't I don't add to the pot, you know, and I should. Well, I don't think that's a bad thing because really? I'm, I tend to the view that most user-generated reviews are awful. It's really hard to try and read between the lines of a, of a review, like a user review, because you go, this person was in a bad place, they were on a terrible date, you know, that some, some person serving them, you know, looked at them a weird way, I don't know. Are there user reviews of comedians? Are there? I don't know, are there? Well, there are, there are review reviews of comedians. I mean, no, they're reviewers. <laughs> yeah, we, know, yeah, we know about that. We know, we know they're out there and we, we have our, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll think about them what you do. I'm just wondering, is there a kind of Yelp for, I went to see Rose Metaphor, did what it said on the poster? I guess it's Twitter, really, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, in Edinburgh, there is a, the, like, when in the Fringe Festival, there is the capability to, to do user reviews on, like, the Fringe official website. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite a good insight into the actual people's response because I think reviewers, you know, reviewing culture in Edinburgh is very different to people, you know, going to a show. Do you remember any, um, and I'm going to go for the appalling ones, any really appalling Edinburgh reviews? It has to be said that Horndog was a massive success, so <laughs> it's fine. 
Oh, not appalling, but there's this one, <laughs> there's this one like website without fail that will always give me like quite a bad review. They're not like a bit like one of the bigger newspapers or something. So I res- I kind of respect them for sticking to their guns and really I'm, hating, I'm hating you. and hating me and not like bowing to any other pressure. I was like, well, you know what? That's that shows integrity. So you know. Um, so talking about things you love and hate, <laughs> yeah, that's cocktails if you want to have a look at that. But you specifically said. Love Asian food. Mm. So uh-huh. the Greyhound Cafe here in London is, is part of a, I don't know if you know it at all. Uh, not at all. Um, so they're in Bangkok mm-hmm. and I really like them when I review them, which Lovely. is why I brought you here. Oh, I'm so, thank you so much for bringing me here. Oh, this looks so good though. Are oh you gosh. are you up for sharing dishes in of the middle course. of the table? Yes, please. I find it very hard to choose what to eat. Oh, well, it's a good job I'm here. Thank God. The only thing that I really have a need to try and get you to order, but I'll give up if you show any resistance, (laughs) is the hot oil pork knuckle. Oh, absolutely. I'm there. Oh, completely. I mean, I would eat anything on this menu, to be honest. Oh, well, that's simple, isn't it? That's very simple. And I do love a dish called complicated noodles. Yeah, I know, just saw that. Was that suggested, wasn't it? Yeah, DIY rice noodle sheets and iceberg lettuce topped with minced pork sauce. You, know, you mix it all together, you then try and get it into your mouth while looking wow. vaguely. God, this is a podcast. Not. I mean, I know they well, watch YouTube. You did one, didn't mukbang, you? Mukbang, yeah. yeah. I, well, mukbang is a, you know, great Korean sort of, uh, so it's a tradition. tradition Explain what a mukbang is. Mukbang is like uh, when it's people who eat uh, a lot of food on camera, I think originally it was more of a live stream thing and now uh, a lot of YouTubers do it. Just, you know, it's, it's it, I feel like it was a almost a social thing that, you know, you could watch, for me anyway, you could watch someone else eat while you ate if yeah. you were alone. That sounds much more depressing than it actually is. It uh, It's quite comforting. How did yours go? It was so interesting because I've watched so many videos and then I actually trying it, it was, um, I was ambitious. Overly ambitious, if anything. You mean you filled the table, but you didn't then empty it? My mind started going funny. You know when you eat too much food in a, a short amount of time and you're... I know nothing of <laughs> You have no experience I have no that. experience of that whatsoever. <laughs> so this is Harley. Hi, Harley. Who's yeah. going to be serving us today. Are you, are, are you actually going to hand over responsibility for yeah. ordering to me? 100%. Right. We have to have the complicated noodles. 100%. Um, and the tataki tuna lab. We will get the hot oil pork knuckle. Fried whole spicy sea bass? Yes, I was just looking at that. And then do we need a, a pad thai? Let's do it. Are yeah. you drinking or are you? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah, maybe. I don't know. The bubble plum sounds awesome. So I'd describe it as um, quite sweet uh, with a bit of the pop. I will have the three, the passion fashion. Passion. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sally. I want to get the pronunciation mm-hmm. of the adjective to describe someone from the island of, is it Samoa or is it Samoa? Thank you for asking. I love that. But the best way to say it is you want some more of something. So, so it's Samo- Samoa. Samoa. It's good. So it's Samoan. Samoan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And followed Rastafari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bar- parents are Rastafarian, grew okay. up Rastafarian. I mean, one doesn't want to, you know, stereotype one culture as yes, anything. Sure. Was there a lot of weed around when you were growing up? Yeah, we're, you know, we're not an exception to the rule. Uh, uh, there was, to my understanding, it's, you know, sort of used as um, like a sacrament, you know, like, yeah. you know, it, it's, that's what it's kind I mean, of- I it's, it's not just that. we're all gonna get off our tits, it's a exactly. holy thing. it's a thing. Um, 
I mean, there's a lot of reggae. I listened to a lot of reggae growing up. Were you part of a Rastafari community? Yeah, 12 tribes of Israel. So there's different denominations. 12 tribes is the one that kind of made it down to New Zealand and a big um, sort of Māori and Pacific Island uh, contingent, you know, were, were drawn to it. It was a religion with, you know, uh, a prophet who was Haile Selassie, who was, you know, Ethiopian, you know, emperor, and instead of a, you know, very white-looking Jesus. So, from the perspective of someone living in Britain, yeah, with and this is a, a technical piece of political analysis, yeah. an utter asshole for a prime minister and a government, <laughs> yeah, who have in many ways mismanaged a pandemic. Yeah, we've sat looking at New Zealand. Yeah. Jacinda Ardern looking mm. like the model of a 21st century liberal prime minister. Yeah. A management of a, a COVID situation, even if the zero COVID thing didn't quite work out. Totally, yeah. Still managed it so much better. Mm. Why are you here? <laughs> Why on earth am I here? Oh, look, things are arriving. Things are arriving. This is the complicated noodle. Oh, wow. So, it does look a bit complicated. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> More complicated than I thought. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Passion, passion. Cute. Those are really big cocktails. They're awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Wait, how 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 are we supposed to? So I think you take leaf, a noodle. I think you take a noodle. Is that a noodle or a leaf? Is it sucked together? Oh, oh I see. All, oh, they've done it for us. Oh, jeez, Louise. I mean, I, I often run away from dishes which look like they're yeah. high in admin, but um, this one, so you've got the leaf and then you've got the worth flat it. noodle. It's a kind of a sheet. And I then some the, lard, which is ground pork. I love describing a meal having admin. I avoid that as well. Korean food has Thank an you. awful lot of that. So much admin. I mean, uh, uh, I do love that though. Hot pot, a lot of admin. Um, barbecue. Barbecue. Korean barbecue is all admin. I, I've been to this um, place, um, uh, Japanese barbecue place, Kintan, um, alone. I go there by myself for J Japanese barbecue. Is that weird? Well, you did once say, in fact, you said it in Horndog, yeah. that oh, going yes. to a restaurant ordering a steak and a martini by yourself is less dinner than a cry for help. Basically, yeah. Um, but I don't think you really believe that. I think... I love eating alone. Eating alone. Yes. Yeah. You know, I once wrote, it's because I like to quote myself, it's dinner with someone you love. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's dinner with someone you don't have to, yeah. I don't know, entertain or... Mm. So what are you doing here? Mm. Given the attraction of New Zealand from a, from yeah. a British perspective. Oh, I mean, 100%. New Zealand, it is literally an island paradise. It is at the bottom of the world. It's very, very far away. Despite that, you know, I think um, we're an incredibly connected country to the rest of the world. I mean... Partly, I, I, th I think, being part of the Commonwealth and all of that. It's visas in the Commonwealth Games. It's only really is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, God, that was great. Thank you. Thanks. Um, That's the tuna. Ta -ta. Yeah. There's peanuts that. in there, and it, the pieces of tuna are crusted. That was the word I was looking for, with white and black sesame seeds. I moved because I was in a relationship at the time, and also I had... I've done comedy since I was a teenager, and I think there's no getting around the fact that the opportunities for a lot of fields of, of work are much broader when you move out sure. of New Zealand, you know? Well, you've also said that the New Zealand attitude to celebrities is, yeah, whatever. We're not impressed by you, but we secretly are. You know what I mean? Are you now one in New Zealand? I mean, you've done stuff with, with Taika Waititi, so was it really the case that you felt you'd topped out the, the comedy scene in New Zealand or that if you really were going to move on, you were going to have to go somewhere else? And honestly, yes. <laughs> and, and, and it sounds, you know, you look at people like Flight of the Concords and, well, they were very famous lore of the fact that, you know, 
that were rejected for a television show in New Zealand and then had to go to you know, Edinburgh to then be discovered and get a HBO show from that and a Radio 4 series and all that stuff. And, and there is truth to that in that, like, you're a, like an oddity in this country because you're from New Zealand. Do you know all the other famous people from New Zealand? <laughs> Have you met, here's the key question. Have you met for, all of those people? Rose, yeah. have you met Sam Neill? I have met Sam Neill. Oh my god! Oh, I, actually, no. You know what? I'm to be gonna... honest, not in real life. I, I, I not I, in real life. No, I did a Zoom with him and I played the ukulele with him. God, he's the best. He's just a national treasure. I mean, I just watched the um, trailer for the new Jurassic Park, and I was like, is it weird to be patriotic for Sam Neill? staying so handsome for so long. I don't no, know. No, 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 he's a, he's a very good advert for being from New Zealand. Oh, my God, what a legend. And, and remaining from New Zealand, yes. if you know what I mean. Mm. I mean, there are various people who... Thank you, more plates. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just upset because this plate says, friends flirt fun food, food fashion. fashion. And I did request that. Did you? Yeah. Because you, there is a whole piece of material <laughs> in Horndog, which is specifically about motivational statements on everyday objects. On everyday objects, And if that yeah. came out of your um, <laughs> your cabinet on a daily basis, would you look at it and go, I needed that? I needed that today. I really did. I mean, it, it is astonishing. Do you, do you judge people when you do go over to their houses and you see, like... Um, well, you obviously, know, I never get invited walls. to anybody's house because <laughs> normally the only the only reason you get invited to someone's house is to eat, and nobody yeah. invites me for that. Really? Because well, they don't want to cook for you. Really? Nobody, nobody wants to cook for me. No. That's gutting. Uh, oh. Well, I've, I've got two sets of friends, literally two, two sets, sets of, of friends. friends yeah, uh, and we all cook supper for each other at various points. Okay, good. But it's okay. always you coming over. Mm. Rather than, and I know what's in their cupboards yeah, after decades. So. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Do you know what I find really um, weird about living in London and moving to this country? And I was talking about it to my friend Alice um, last night. Is that in New Zealand, because of, in Auckland particularly, the the culture of hanging out and dropping in for a meal and going, you know, is so much more casual there. And, and just the idea of inviting someone over for a meal is so natural and and here, I think it's so, it has to be so planned ahead. People are planning dinners months ahead in this country, and it's, it really is just it's bizarre but to me. But not with me, so it's fine. Not so, with Jay. So I don't have to worry about that. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> Star of the show, the pornopple. Oh, my gosh. There was a reason why this just had to happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that looks so amazing. So it's a crispy pork knuckle with uh, requisite amounts of crackling and... Oh, you've got something else. So there's two sauces here. There's the uh, tamarind sauce on the right, and there's the uh, gel sauce as well. Uh -huh. um, that's sort of like a sour, spicy Thai sauce. Okay. Like you have some mm -hmm. pickled vegetables just to counteract some of the fatty parts. Take your rice in the little cute container. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is just the best bits of pork. It's like, you know, all of the crackly fried bits. Oh, what's this? Oh, delicious. Thank you. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. 
How did Starstruck happen? Mm. Do you want to explain the premise? Well, Starstruck is a sitcom I've made, um, written with my friend Alice Sneddon and my then my other friend Nick Sampson for the seri- second series. First series is about a um, a girl called Jessie who lives in London, who is very similar age to me, and is also from New Zealand. New Zealand. That's <laughs> your hair and everything. Yeah, exactly. She has my hair. She's kind of got quite a few of my attributes. Um, no, she she meets a guy on New Year's Eve. Um, they shag each other. They have they have a, a great sex. They kind of like each other. They get together. They don't get together. There's a lot of back and forth in the first series, and it's just a, it's a rom com. I love the way. Oh my goodness! You pushed the pad tie towards me so the sea bass would come to you, which I think was yeah, very was. very good. I know. What else would I do? Thank you so much. The idea of writing a sitcom, yeah, or a rom com in mm-hmm. six parts. Had you been, had someone approached you, the BBC approached you and said, would you like to do something? Edinburgh, I'd done three shows. Yeah, three shows. I did a split ball with my friend at the top of a nightclub <laughs> one year. I did a show about my own funeral the next. Another show about me being um, only castable as a sassy best friend in a rom-com. Mm. And, um, you know, because my hair and my accent. Um, and um, And from there... I remember the BBC, yeah. So I got a commission to write a script um, for BBC. And that was, I was writing that at the same time I was performing Horn Dog for the first time in Melbourne. So it was a big, it was a quite a big year <laughs> that year. And um, made the pilot and then they decided to... Um, uh, Had the yeah. idea come to you very, very quickly? Yeah, it came to me on a, on a plane when I was like drunk. So, you know, that's the genesis of all great ideas. It's, it's a really tradition, it's kind of a... Quite a traditional rom-com in, in a way. And the so the, the meat cute so cool. is just filthy. Yeah, it's, exactly, it's filthy. A lot of the times when it's written about, a lot of people are like, well, there's no, no one's, you know, saying it's reinventing the rom-com. And I was like, I mean, no one ever said it was. <laughs> you know, like, well, the desire for something to reinvent something else yeah. is a bit exhausting. Well, I think so. And I think, like, you know, it's... it's um. And, and to be honest, it's not reinventing, but it is it's certainly a different, you know, sure. I feel a different take on it and, you know, a different look to it, particularly. Um, so what was it about playing the part of a young woman found incredibly attractive by a gorgeous international film star that attracted you <laughs> to the role? Don't do that to me. Don't make me, don't make me in the villain. I'm not, how dare you? How dare you? Nope, I'm following in the great tradition of many male comedians by casting a much hotter actor as my love interest. I thought, it's finally time. Perfect, you know, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, I was, I was, you know, all my, all these people I'd grown up watching, you know, and like, it was like Steve Martin and Albert Brooks and, and, and you know, like even Woody Allen, you're like, okay, sorry, so you're casting the most incredibly hot women to be your girlfriend, and then everyone's just like totally fine with that. And I was, and I wanted to sort of even the, I don't know, scales a bit. Was it fun? Or was it nerve-wracking to be given an, in, an enormous sort of play box in that way? Obviously you had director and you had producer, mm-hmm. but it, it's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. It's a rom-com. It's a single narrative. It's a very simple story. Being able to do that and try and do that incredibly well, as opposed to writing a comedy that, didn't feel like me or I didn't have a lot of love for. Like, I'm honestly really lucky that it was the one that stuck because also when you're working on an idea, particularly like a show, you know, you're with it so so long. You're with it for years. You're with it from, you know, writing it to filming it to all of the posts, you know, um, like I'm just part of every part of the process. And you really have to be like, 
obsessed with it. <laughs> and I, I am uh, Did you get am. properly obsessed yeah, with it? Yeah, I'm still obsessed with it. I mean, I still love watching it, like, because I really wanted to make something that people could re-watch and watch to, to find the strange comfort that I often find with things of that genre. I mean, it's joyous. Jessie... Yes? My view is that in the latter episodes of season one... Yeah. She becomes infuriating. <laughs> you want to grab her by the scruff of the neck yeah. and say, for Christ's sake, yeah. woman, sort yourself yeah, yeah. out, get mm -hmm. a grip. Mm -hmm. And were you aware that she was becoming infuriated? Did you want her to be, or, or is it purely in the eye of the beholder? Tr truly, I, it's, I think it's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, honestly, I think it's a great, a great thing to see how people react to her character. And even the people making the show sometimes would like, kind of, you get notes about like likability of of. It's not, it's not the like. I mean, I think she's extremely likable. Yeah, there's but, a self sabotaging thing. Oh, like totally. I mean, no, don't absolutely. I think who have you met who doesn't self sabotage? No, true. I think it's just much more interesting to 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 have characters uh, who, you know, reflect the sort of complicated facets of, of of you know the people that you know in your life. Often, I think you know female characters are held to a different standard of being to, like you're either together or you're not like a, a common sort of reaction to her character is that she's a she's an absolute mess and you know all this stuff and honestly I don't see her as a mess in, in a way I, you know like I, I, I don't either because yeah. I, I look in yeah but her bedroom seems very organized <laughs> she's got she's got a sort of also she's just an interesting she's an interesting complicated person you know I know so many of those women in real life and there's just not enough of them on television but I think it's so cool to be able to write with my friends a character and then portray a character who is happy with who they are. That is the biggest attraction, I think, between those two characters. Starstruck is, is a hit. Mm -hmm. It's done very, very well. It's got great reviews. I mean, it, it, it's not like you hadn't done other stuff that people would have no. seen. You did a whole series of Taskmaster yes, I did. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm just kind of wondering, is the premise Tom Kapoor is a massive film star? Yeah. As a result of Starstruck, mm -hmm whether you have become Tom Kapoor <laughs> in the sense that, you know... Dating someone now uh, dating is... So, now tricky. You know, I think they seem to think probably I'm a bit like, you know... Jesse. Yeah, but like Jesse, or a bit nicer than I am in person. I'm actually really miserable. I'm a miserable bitch. And, uh, and people, you know, really get to know that about me if they knew me. Your relationship with James Acaster became quite <gasps> yeah. sort of public consumption, even I know. though we all are meant to say that he did it in a... Everyone, everyone li liked to write about that. No one to date comedians, including me. Don't date me because I am a comedian, you know? And then comedians dating other comedians is tough as well. I did listen to a bit of um, Nish's one. I have uh, friends with Nish. Um, you lived together for a while, didn't I you? I did, yeah, yeah, we did. For quite a while, actually, a couple of years. But lots of comedians do end up living together, don't they? They do, yeah. Is that because they're the only people you know? Yeah, the only people you know and will put up with your shit. Um, usually also in Edinburgh, people, you know, obviously flat together for the month, um, comedians and stuff. I wouldn't say it leads to the cleanest household when comedians live together. Is that because uh, if all else fails, you can say, look, I'm creative. Yeah. I'm working. I'm in my, just don't, Invade my headspace. Oh, I'm I'm a very messy person, actually, though as well. So I'm I'm not one to talk. So it, it, you fear it, it it has become trickier. Well, firstly, I, I know nothing, and nothing I say you should trust because I don't know anything about anything. Um, hang on, hang on. I think we need to just drill down on that. This is the first time I've had a guest on Out to Lunch who's eventually an hour and ten minutes in. 
told me they know nothing, nothing and nothing they say should be held up to examination or trusted. I think way too many people think that they know what they're talking about. Do you know what I mean? They have some humility. No one knows what they're fucking talking about. Comedy is so weird because I think you get to a point as well with comedy. Like when I first moved here, no one knew who I was. And I mean, people would be surprised that I wouldn't be terrible at comedy, which is always rather insulting. But um, Well, that's the thing. Yeah. You want me to agree with you on the nobody knows anything about anything. Yeah. But my immediate thought is to ask you to explain the dynamics <laughs> of comedy in a joke. And you could tell me all about yeah. that, couldn't you? Well, I know some things about some things. But, all right. But I think the nature of comedy is that you're, you're, you're putting yourself, you're having, you're having all these opinions about stuff and... And you get to a point where, I think with comedy, when you've got enough of, of people who have seen you before and come and see you again, they, they trust what you say too much. And I, I, I see that in comedians I like and, and look up to. And people, you know, you treat it as like fucking gospel and it's not. Like, no one knows what the fuck they're talking about. I'm, I, I worry yeah. that, that this point, this position, you know, uh -huh. nobody knows what they're talking about, might be gendered. Mm. As in, it might be a specifically... Female response? Just say what? An uh, no, nothing. I no, uh, nothing. I don't know anything. I don't know about. anything about anything. Mm. Whereas, you know. Yeah, that's what makes me smarter than men. <laughs> <laughs> the men don't talk? know what they're talking about. They just haven't yeah. actually cooked oh, it yet. This is certainly not. I mean, I think the women know that they're talking about a bit more than the men as well. I mean, that's why there's a sort of general cultural fatigue around um, the same like particularly white men talking on stage. Because <laughs> first of all, you've heard every, almost every opinion that to be shared by that the, that gorgeous community, which I have, a, who I have a lot of love for. I, there is a brilliant line, sorry to quote yeah. lines of yours back Go at you, but, but this is relevant given yeah. what I do for a living. Yeah. That, you know, bigging up men as partners mm -hmm. is like recommending a restaurant that has given you food poisoning eight times. Absol well, yeah, it is that place where you love and you know it's great and you know the people there and you're like, no, no, it's seriously. You know, just don't go there when this chef is cooking or whatever, or like don't go there at this time of day. Or, but no, seriously, it's like it's the best, and that is what it feels like to uh, constantly go out with men. Is it really? Oh God, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. But you can't help, you can't help it. I mean, you are making heterosexuality sound like an utter curse. Oh, it is, and one hundred percent is. But um, yeah, it's a curse. I mean, I'm not going to disagree because <laughs> you know, otherwise that makes you sound like the. <laughs> Head of some Southern Baptist <laughs> yeah, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow, I didn't know I was having lunch with today. Um, I uh, homophobic bigot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But you enjoyed the sea bass. Did you enjoy the sea bass? I did enjoy the sea bass. Yeah, I it's thought good. the, um, mango, the salsa. mango salad with the salsa mm -hmm. with peanuts. That was really good. It's fantastic. It may sound like a stupid question, but is stand up still something you cleave to? Is it something you need to do, or mm -hmm. are you thinking Starstruck has been such a raging, brilliant success, and I should just do lots more of that? <laughs> I honestly don't know what the fuck I'm up to, actually. You know what I mean? Like, I'm turning 30 and... Muscle tough, I, I, as my people say. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I thought I'd be terrified, and actually I was, I'm kind of... kind of a relief. <laughs> very cool to make it to 30. When you say make it to 30, did you think dying before 30 was a likely... Not likely, but could happen. God, yeah. I mean, any every, every year is a, is a blessing to still be alive. Fuck's sake. 30... That's great. Lots of people don't make it to 30. But um, stand-up is something that I probably always like want to do. I could do a stand-up gig tonight. I would do a stand-up gig tonight and absolutely bomb on my fucking ass, which is an incredible thing about comedy, I think, because it's so Why? out of practice. I'm so out of practice. I haven't done it in ages. I haven't written much new material in ages. Um, it's a great leveler. Is that an impact of COVID? Far that, fewer gigs, yeah. Far fewer gigs and that comedians Doing... need to keep 
doing Zoom gigs and stuff have been really tough. And You went um, back to Australia for five months at one point. Australia? You? Can I say that again? How it's dare the, you? I, yeah, take <laughs> two, bitch. Well, just leave this in because your response God is damn so damn it. Go on. Uh, you went back to somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere <laughs> for five months. I did. Probably New Zealand. Um, <laughs> How was yes. that? Was that because everything here was just crap and you thought it was time or what? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was. I was on the way to do the read-through for Starstruck um, to shoot the first series and um, the world was falling apart. The meeting happened and it went. Uh, basically they came back saying, we've sent everyone home, so go write the second series. And Alice, the co-writer, Alice Sneddon, she booked a ticket immediately back home and she was like, you have you have to come home, and I, I was weirdly hesitant. Um, and she was like, "Just come, like you have to come home." So when you say you don't know what you're really doing next, yeah, surely there's other script ideas that have been put your way as a result of no, not Star not Trek. even put my way. I'm the one bloody having to write them myself. No one will just oh, give so me unfair. a job. It's not fair. Like mean, you'd think I made two series of something, someone would goddamn give me a job. I say that, but I'm very picky. So I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't do anything. I just will work on some scripts, ideas that I have. I really want to work on a feature idea and um, I'm getting more into directing stuff. And so that's... I wasn't sure if you wanted any desserts. Would you like dessert? Can I look at it? Yeah. Yes. Cool stuff. What is young coconut sherbet? Young coconut sherbet is um, so it's fresh coconut milk sherbet. Yeah. Um, so no actual dairy in there. Yeah, yeah. With um, some young coconut pieces in there too. So it's quite refreshing. Oh my um, gosh. Very popular in Thailand. Can I try that? Yeah, sure, of course. A small refreshing thing. I would like a pineapple sorbet. Please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Delicious. And as that's heading towards us and as the plates are clear, yeah. I am going to say, Rosemary Fair, thank you very much for letting me take you out to lunch. Thank you so much for having me out to lunch. It's, it's been, been a It's been great. And apart from anything else, I got to re-meet the crispy pork knuckle, which is really what it was all about. Yeah, this, it's just an excuse to eat. Is this just your excuse to, you don't care about the guests. You just don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. You don't give a but shit. But I, I had to, you know, <laughs> I had to do a pilot for this and record 90 episodes to get to this point. So I like to think I've put my back into it. Now you can retire. Yeah, exactly. Now you've, 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 you've done it all. You've done it all. I've done it. I've, I, I think I've finished podcasting. <laughs> you've clocked podcasting. Clocked podcasting. It's nonsense, of course. I haven't finished podcasting at all, and I am honoured to chat to so many wonderful guests, especially Rose. Thank you so much for lunching with me. Um, Starstruck season one and two are on BBC iPlayer now. Do check them out. An enormous thanks to the Greyhound Cafe on Berners Street in London for their wonderful Thai food. If you love the show, do please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do share this as widely as you can. Do comment, rate us. Oh, go on, five stars. It's what we deserve. It all helps us to keep making more. Out to Lunches are something else in Jay Rayner production. The music was written, arranged and performed by me, Jay Rayner and Robert Rickenberg. The recording engineer was Leif Troop and the mix engineer was Gulliver Tickle. Assistant producers are Anya Das and Bethany Hocken. The producer is Selena Reem and the executive producer is Darby Doris. Him in Lederhosen doing Lonely Goat Herd from The Sound of Music standing on our table in the living room. I think, I think was a, a slow day. <laughs>